helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to welcome you to this week's episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. My name is Melissa Waggett and I am so pleased that you've chosen to join us again this week. We love that you are inviting us into your life each and every week for these shows. We get really excited about the topics that we cover each and every week, and this week is no exception. We are continuing a little bit on a theme we started last week where we began to look at what would it look like if the prodigal son was a narcissist? If you happen to have missed last week's show, we do encourage you to listen to it. It is up online, and it can be found at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. So we're using that topic as a launch pad for today's show, where we're going to be trying to use our imaginations again and consider what would it look like if the father in this story of this prodigal son was actually a codependent parent. How would this story differ? And for those of you who join us each and every week, you know that I am not alone in studio today. I will not be exploring this topic by myself in any means. I have with me in studio the director of Elam Counseling Services. He is a registered psychotherapist with the uh, Registered Psychotherapy Association of Ontario. He's also an award-winning um, psychotherapist as well. You guys know him as Michael Hart. He joins us each and every week to explore these topics, and this week is no exception. So welcome, Michael. I am so happy to spend another great half hour with you exploring what I think is going to be a really interesting topic. I had a lot of fun last week, Yes. so I'm looking forward with bated breath for this week's show. Thank you, Melissa, and it's a pleasure for me to be here as well, it, uh, I I look forward to your questions every week because I think you ask the questions in a way that help me to explain these topics in a way that is helpful to the listeners. So this show would not be the same, the same without you. Oh, so shucks, let, let, Michael, let you're me. too kind. <laughs> yeah, it's, we we have a great back and forth, and as I've said to. Uh, on this show in the past, I know I learned so much and this is going to be fun because like we said last week, we're kind of pulling from Jesus' toolkit, right? And we're yes. using the, the concept of a parable. Right. And this, this parable about the prodigal son talks about a relationship in a family system between a father and a son. And I think that the kind of dynamic that exists in that story exists in many families today where you have a, a wayward, wayward child or a spouse that is acting out and the dynamic and it creates tension. So this story talks about tension in, in relationship, but a lot of time uh, people do not have the healthy boundaries that the father in the story of the prodigal son has because they are codependent with the person who has the addiction or who has... Uh, who has the spending, the spending problem, or whatever it is that they're, what in whatever way that they're acting out. So I think there are some very important, uh, important lessons that we can learn from this story by looking at it from a psychological perspective, and uh, elaborating on what it would look like if the father was in fact dysfunctional, and what it would look like if the son was a full-blown narcissist. Yeah, so for those of you who missed last week's show or maybe can't quite remember um, where this story is being drawn from and you want to follow us along with us in your Bible, and um, as Michael said, we're going to be teasing this from a different perspective, but to see what how it's written in the Word, you can 
turn to Luke 15, verse 11 to get the full picture of this story. Michael, do you mind, just for the purposes of jogging memory, going through a little bit, how did this paint out in the biblical story? Yes. So that we can pull in some of those what ifs um, as part of our conversation if this person was more codependent. Okay, so we we had uh, the in the story of we have in the story of the prodigal son a scenario where the younger of two sons decided that he needed his share of the inheritance while the father was still alive, and the father gave him his share of the inheritance, and he took this inheritance, went to a faraway land, and squandered the inheritance in sinful living. Uh, while in that faraway land. And at some point when he hit rock bottom and the Bible said he reached a point where no man gave him anything. And that point is in Luke chapter 15, verse 16. And it says, and, and when no man gave him anything, that he came to his senses and he said, what am I doing? I'm going to go back to my father and beg my father to take me back as a servant because I am not deserving as going back as a son. And he went back to the father who forgave him and restored him as part of the family. So I think in this story, we see a, a relationship that is reconciled. But in the process, in the dynamics within the story, even before this reconciliation, we have a number of gems that we can draw from that will help us in our relationship as we deal with struggles in in our relationship with family members and even with friends. And so to start painting this picture, what is one of those gems that you pulled out that if we were to take this from the point of view of the dad being really codependent with the son, how would this change how this story played out? Well, I think one of the first thing that we would see is that the father, uh, if he was codependent and the son was a narcissist, what would end up happening is that the father could be manipulated into feeling guilty for the son's reaction. And an unhealthy parent in that situation who does not have the, 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 the assertiveness to realize that the son's action is wrong. And a son who is narcissistic who might come back and act in a way as if he's entitled. We often see this in present-day scenarios. Someone will go and get themselves in trouble, be involved in drugs or be involved in other forms of addiction and come back with a sense of entitlement. And the parents who are, who are uh, codependent in those situations sometimes feel as if they're the ones to be that as if they did something wrong and they're manipulated into apologizing and giving in and uh giving in to more of the giving giving more to the person who has the sinful or addictive behavior. So if the father was codependent, we would have a, a situation in Luke 15 where the son does not apologize when he comes back, but the father would be the one apologizing for maybe not supporting him more when he was out there uh, in involving in the kind of uh, sinful living that he was in. But what the hell to father as we having the story, the, the father in the story, in the biblical story, did not apologize 
apologize. And the son, as we said, we don't think the son is a full-blown narcissist. We think he has he had narcissistic tendencies, but the fact that he was able to sincerely apologize and did not come back demanding anything makes me feel that he was not a narcissist. If he was a full-blown narcissist and the father was a codependent, we would have a reversal in this story. And the son would come back feeling entitled, and the father would be the one apologizing for uh, making mistakes in the relationship. So I think that paints a very great picture of that contrast between what we see versus what actually happens. What would you, how would you see it play out when he's like in the field, when he is away from home yes. and he's getting himself into trouble? If the dad was codependent, what would you see happening there? Right. One of the one of the the, the tendencies of codependent is to feel as if they're responsible for others, and they they engage in rescuing or caretaking behavior. So a parent who is who is uh, codependent uh, would operate in, I could use the term that is commonly used today, like a helicopter parent, right? Where while the son is in this faraway land in sinful living, they would actually be seeking out the son, trying to find where he is, trying to support him. And if it was to, in today's terms where you could uh, send money electronically, they would be sending money to the son while he's away in this sinful lifestyle because codependents have this need to rescue and to take care of others. But we see in the story that Jesus told that we had a healthy father. There is nothing in the story that said that the father went to look for the son while he was in this faraway land. Yes, the father anticipated his return and welcomed him when he returned in a healthy manner, but he did not enable him while he was living a sinful lifestyle outside the home. And I think that's the mistake that a lot of uh, families make today, where in the name of love, they end up enabling sinful behavior by giving to people, while to, to, to family members, while they're still in the, in the phase of acting out behaviors. And I'm wondering if you can tease that out a little bit, because as you say, it's in the name of love. And I'm just wondering... When do you cross that line? Because as a parent, your heart doesn't shut off. Right. And you want to take care of your kids. And it's breaking your heart to see them stumbling over there or the family member that keeps making that mistake. But how do you make that healthy cut? Because it, it hurts for you too, right. I would I think. Yes. And it's, for some people, not a natural a natural reaction. Your natural instinct is to rescue. And if something happens and they get hurt, it's on me. Right. So let, let us take the example of a person who is an addict and they, they are working and they have the money to pay their rent or to pay a mortgage and they're not paying their mortgage and they're using this money to, to buy drugs or, or let's say they're gambling this money away. And then you have a parent who is 
helping out in that situation. And what they're doing is that they're covering the mortgage that has not been paid or the rent that has not been paid. And by so doing, what they're actually doing by paying those, those, by paying those expenses is that they're freeing up money for this person to be, to continue in the unwanted lifestyle. And I'm not saying that is easy because I think there is a natural response that we all have as parents not to see our children hurt. But the father in the story of the prodigal son allowed his son to hit rock bottom. And I don't think that was easy for the father. The fact that he was anticipating his return, looking out for him, uh, showed that he still had a compassionate heart. So I'm not saying that we are supposed to be callous and unloving as parents, but there is a sense in which sometimes love has to take the form of 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 boundaries where you say, I love you and I don't want you to lose that house that you have, but I'm not going to be paying your mortgage for you while you have money to buy drugs. And I think that's a love in action as well. Let's not confuse it for a moment and think that this is, that this is not an action of love because had the father in this story not in the prodigal son that loved his son, then the son could be stuck in that lifestyle because a father who doesn't love with boundaries would be supporting him while he's in 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 living outside in in unwanted sinful ways. But we are told that no man gave him anything, not even the father. And it was at that point when no man gave him anything that the next verse says, and he came to his senses. In other words, he had a wake-up call. And I think when we love people, sometimes that love has to mean we are going to make them hit rock bottom so that they can have that wake-up call. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. And today we are talking about what if the prodigal son's father was a codependent parent, and if that prodigal son was a narcissist. If you missed the first half of today's show, we encourage you to listen to it on our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can always call us at one 544 3546 And before we continue into the rest of today's show, we do want to give you a reminder about the upcoming healing retreat coming up on June 8th to 11th at Providence Point in Lanark. As promised, this retreat is going to fill up fast. We are already halfway filled. So if you've been thinking about coming and joining us on this healing retreat, we encourage you to give us a call today at one 877 or visit our website at so you can get your name on that list and not miss out on this exciting healing, life-changing event. I think that is so important, Melissa, for us to let people know that some of these uh, tendencies that we find ourselves with as parents, like a codependent parent, sometimes they are codependent because they had to be taken care of an addictive spouse or an addictive parent uh, while they were a child. And so that taken care of uh, uh, mentality or, or tendency follows them into, into their parenting role. And so they end up 
having children who they don't discipline and they and they and they enable. So in this retreat that we are going to be having, we are going to be talking about things like uh, unwanted generational patterns, or some people call them generational curse, and what to do to break those tendencies and and those curse in family. So if you realize that you're listening to this show and some of those things might pertain to you or someone in your family, and you realize that you need help, then this retreat would be a good place to to come. Again, it's on June 8 to 11, and it's at Providence Point. And if you'd like to find out more information, go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M as in man, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at one 544 3546 So we just talked about how we would have seen the the dad in the story respond when his son was away in terms of rescuing. What other codependent behaviors would we see if he was codependent in this story that we don't see in the biblical version? Codependent uh, parents have this sense of responsibility uh, for their adult children. And one of the things that they would feel, the father would feel in this story is a sense of guilt. So if this father in the story of the prodigal son was a codependent father, the story would read a lot dif- differently. Uh, you would hear about him being plagued with guilt. You would probably hear about him becoming depressed. We'd probably hear about him uh, blaming himself for for what had happened with his adult son, but that those things are absent in the story of the prodigal son because the father is isn't codependent. He realized that the son is an adult and that it and that the decisions that he made were his decisions. And so it's important for parents not to be overly guilty for their children's or adult children in particular behavior. And sometimes we feel that if we did everything right, then our children would turn out perfectly. But you can be a perfect parent and your children can still have can still have uh, maladaptive or, or dysfunctional behavior. Look at the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. They had perfect, a perfect parent. You Literally. Could, God, As you're saying that, I'm smiling because God was is the, perfect. The perfect parent, like he created them. They, they, he formed them mm-hmm. and he, he gave them a perfect environment and they still decided to do what's wrong. So parents need to realize that they cannot carry guilt over their children's behavior because no one, no parent is perfect, but children uh, has who, who have reached certain age, they have a responsibility for the actions that they portray as well. So I'm wondering as well within this story, there's a family dynamic as that's happening while this son is away. There's another son in this story and in right. this house. What? Would the relationship between the father and the son that stayed, um, how could that look if the, the dad was codependent? Would there be any changes to that relationship that we could see? Yes. What we sometimes find is that we see this very strange dynamic in families where uh, a, a lot of good uh, children, let us say this good son in the story, a lot of good children in family dynamic where you have someone who is acting out. The, the, the children who stay, the children who are not acting out, sometimes feel as if they are not treated fairly, as if they're they're reaping a lot of the anger 
of the parent or that the 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 the, the son who is gone or the, the 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 child who is acting out the sibling who is acting out is being is being given more of the parent's time or more of the parent's resources than than you the child who has always behaved so if this father was codependent i think the the relationship between he and the older son could look a lot different. What we could find happening, number one, is that a lot of the anger that the father is carrying could be carrying for this son who has taken his resources and plundered it could be displaced at the son who stayed. So we we find that dynamic in, in family systems where parents displaced anger towards one child is directed towards the child who is well behaved. And when this happens, it leads to frustration because I have clients who have come in who is saying, I don't understand why dad or mom is so uh, angry at me or why I seem to be getting the brunt of the frustration in the family home when I am the well behaved child. So sometimes it's because the parent is in such a a rescuing mode for that child who is acting out that they don't express the anger that they have to that child who who is acting out, but that anger has to come out somewhere. So it ends up being expressed to the, the child who is well behaved. And and as you say in speaking with the clients that you do see, it has effects on that child that's well meaning as well. And right. so I think that's why this topic is so important because it, it affects everyone in the in right. the family dynamic. And as yes. you say, as much as we're exploring a, a story from the Bible, these are things you see in your daily practice all the time. Yes. I'm wondering what um it would look like in the story or what you've seen when fast forward through the story, the son comes back. The prodigal has returned. He's at home. He's starting to get his life together. He's settling back in. How would this play out potentially if the dad in the story was codependent? What kind of changes in the relationships would you see in the behaviors that would come about once he's returned? Well, uh, two things. I think the first thing that we could see is a situation where, and, and it's, it's, it's a very strange thing that we see in a lot of situations where the, the, the parent who has been rescuing and supporting the, the addicted the, the 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 child who is addicted uh suddenly starts expressing hunger and hurt when that child finally turns his or her life around and the reason for that is that while they were in rescuing mode they were in adrenaline mode right you know they were they were always at this point of hearing that the child is arrested or picked up by the police or you know they are going to lose their house if they're adult children and so in that kind of rescue mode a lot of times emotions are not expressed because you you are too busy playing the role of rescuer but what we find is that 
people once they be, once these addicted uh, children begin to clean their lives up, that's a time when the parent starts expressing anger. It could be a spouse as well. For some spouse who are codependents, they play this role of rescuer. You know, they would call the workplace, say, "My husband isn't coming in because he's sick when he's actually having a hangover because he's an alcoholic and he doesn't want to admit it." But once that husband cleans up his life and start getting his act together. That's the time when you will have the spouse becoming really angry and hostile. So that's the first thing that we we, we see in this situation. The second thing that we see is that uh, parents who are spouses who have been playing the role of rescuer in these situations often uh feel as if their their purpose they no more have a purpose because their their purpose has been has been uh in rescuing this this spouse or this child that is acting out and so they sometimes go into this this feeling of depression and and sometimes just this this feeling of of Anger because that role that they have, they, they lose that role that they have uh, of rescuer is fulfilling a need, an identity that they had and that they need to have. And maybe, the, as I said before, some people have been playing this role from in their childhood when they had a parent who they had to rescue. So when the spouse cleans up his or her act, or when that adult child cleans up his or her act, suddenly that person is feeling as if their sense of purpose is no longer there and they can become unhappy and unexplained and, and, and depressed in a way that is hard for people sometimes to understand what's happening. You know, one person said to me, I don't understand it. My, you know, my, my, my mother, she was so good to me when I was on the streets and when I was in a lot of trouble. But now that I am back, she seems more unhappy and I, and she's just so angry all the time. Well, this is what is happening. Those suppressed anger is coming out and that purpose that they had in rescuing. So codependent people like to be rescuers even in uh, in romantic relationships they will they will seek out spouses that they have to rescue and so if, as we're painting this picture i think we've been pretty descriptive in our language around this if people have identified with some of this that we've talked about today right what steps can people begin to take i think a good first step is is first of all just being able to identify whether or not you're playing a role of codependent uh person in, in a dysfunctional relationship? Are you enabling the behavior of the person? I think the second step that you need to get to is to recognize that enabling behavior is a way of not helping the person, but in prolonging the dysfunctional behavior. And uh, that sometimes people will need to hit rock bottom before they can turn their life or their lives around. And, say, and I think the, the third thing that you may need to do is to get professional help to to help you to break this codependency cycle because a lot of times it's not easily it's not an easy thing to do because it's rooted in things that went on in your family when you were growing up and this why this healing retreat that we're having on the 6th to the 8th of of june is such a good thing for people to come to if they're struggling in these areas because we are going to be looking at those core issues that leads to codependency and what to do to break them but also how to identify if you're dealing with someone who are narcissistic. 
And as you say, there's so many things sometimes we're not even aware of that's feeding into that behavior. And until you can spend the time at something like this retreat to get to that root and identify that cause, healing can be impeded. And so it's so important to figure out what is that driver behind the behavior. But you need time and someone who knows what they're doing to to get you to that place a lot of times. Absolutely. Or maybe you are the codependent, maybe you are the narcissistic uh, a child or, or adult sp- or spouse in an adult relationship that needs help and you just not have been able, you have not been able to break from the addictive behavior. And again, uh, a healing retreat can be a good way for you to come and identify those core issues that are late, that are behind your addiction behind your addiction or behind your acting out, whatever ways in which you're acting out. So again, the healing retreat will be on June 6th. 8 to 11. June 8 to 11, mm-hmm. the weekend of June 8 to 11. And uh, if you would like to find out more about the cost and and so forth, you can go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. You can also call us at one 544 Three five four six, and if you'd like to listen to this podcast again, remember that you can go to our website at, at elimconstantministry.com. Podcasts are there of this show and past shows, and it's an excellent resource for you. We would also like to have your comments about this show on our Facebook page. Uh, go to our Facebook page and let us know what you think about this show. If you have a comment or something that you would like to add to help others, we'd be happy to hear from you. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.